Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. Today is uh, Sunday, it's 14 June, time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. Rather than doing a normal update today, other than from a chronological sense, is the world really closer to the coming of the Lord than before? What is the state of the world? Today we will consider just that and see what indications are set before us on the grand scene of the march of time and in the unfolding of redemptive history. Paul, writing to those at Thessalonica, told believers that they will be safely removed from the world before the Lord judges it. But there will be an attitude that permeates the world before that happens. So when it does happen, people will be so set in their minds that after it happens, there will be no change in them. Paul says the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders. And with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, here he goes, because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie. And here he goes again, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Does that match the state of the world today? Let us consider it for a few minutes. We are living in a time where it is acceptable for a school to not tell parents that their child is being taught that gender is fluid and that there are 427 different gender choices. But if the child, because of his or her parenting, disagrees and says that there are only two genders, then that child can be punished and the parents can be investigated by the authorities. We are living at a time when churches are told that due to some virus, which has proven less dangerous than the annual influenza, that they cannot meet, or that they can meet only by observing very strict restrictions. But crowds of people can gather in the streets, throw rocks, burn down buildings, and even commit murder, and they are called peaceful protesters by the liberal media. The right of people to peaceably assemble does not include houses of worship, but it does include the destruction of personal and public property. In accord with this, professors of education are allowed to give guidance on how to safely destroy property without any fear of being charged for misconduct or in fearing that they may be relieved of their duties. In a world where news reporters actively speak out against certain ideologies while promoting others, it is no longer news, but it is rather an agenda. When we see those who listen to these reporters, knowing that they are lying, but they continue to support them and listen to them anyway, they are no longer looking for truth in the news. Instead, they are looking for what fits an aberrant ideology. When businesses and sports franchises spend more time promoting perverse social agendas than they do promoting their products, they are no longer businesses, but rather are instruments of a social agenda operating in a guise of social justice, but in reality, they are operating to destroy social order. When a president is excoriated for holding up the Bible, the word of God, in support of those who accept this treasure as the inspired, God-breathed revelation of himself to his creatures, 
while other presidents speak in churches only after having the cross covered over and who are applauded for their supposed morality, there is no longer a demonstration of piety by those who tolerate this. Rather, there is a developed system of wickedness intended to undermine the very fabric of the nation who elected these presidents in the first place. We live in a time when the house which bears the seat of authority of the nation is illuminated with the colors of perversion and immorality, and it is called loving. But when it is illuminated with colors standing in fraternity with those who protect and serve the people of the nation, it is called offensive. When this occurs, there is no longer an understanding by people of what is good and proper and what is horrid and vile. What is the state of the world? We are living in a time when students at the University of Washington are demanding that black students be given leniency on finals because they are too busy, quote, fighting for their rights to sit down and study. And we are in an age where the university is advising professors to do just that. This doesn't help those black students. Rather, it destroys who they could become as responsible people within the framework of a properly functioning society. We are living in a time when the United Nations recommends that people no longer use terms such as husband and wife because such terms are offensive and damaging to the emotional state of those who would, in any normal time of ages past, have been committed to insane asylums for being deviants who could harm a properly functioning society. The same world body called for the abortion of human children to be considered essential during the spread of the COVID-19 virus while proclaiming that everything possible must be done to save the people of the world from that same virus. And at the same time, left-leaning governments and government officials followed suit in making the same horrific proclamation. We are living in an age where violent criminals are released from controlled prisons where they were locked down and out of close contact with the public and for very good reasons. But those who violate insane laws, such as not wearing a face mask when they are healthy, are arrested and thrown into holding cells containing dozens of people, any of whom who could be sick with a lethal disease. And of those who are released from prisons, they return immediately to crime, including murder, and the politicians who release them are not held accountable for having released these violent offenders. When reporters are allowed to daily verbally abuse the president of the United States of America, and yet the president is then blamed for something he did not say on nightly news, we are in an age where respect is lost, authority has no meaning, and the rules of courtesy and decency no longer have any value. When the news media can say any lie that they wish, knowing it is false and presenting it to the public anyway, there is no longer any clear means available for the general public to determine what is, in fact, true. The very definition of truth is that which corresponds to reality. And yet, what is stated by the liberal media not only does not correspond to reality, it doesn't even have to have any basis in the truth at all. Whatever comes off their lips is accepted as factual by a somnambulant public that only wants to hear what suits their whims, likes, or desires, regardless as to whether what is said is harmful, deceitful, or even blasphemous. 
In today's world, the murder of the unborn, even until the moment of conception, and even the murder of those who, when they are delivered alive because of a botched abortion, is considered a sacred tenet to those on the left. Euthanasia is acceptable to them for an increasingly wide range of reasons, including simple unhappiness in life. And yet, the same warped, depraved, and unreasoning animals who promote these things speak out against capital punishment for murderers, terrorists, and those who commit treason against the nations in which they live. The state of the world today includes the negative, self-victimized attitude of certain people of the United States where, believe it or not, quote, the poorest 20% of all of Americans consume more goods and services than the national averages for all people in the world's most affluent countries. And yet, those same people are unwilling to strive for what is better. Instead, they complain about their miserable circumstances, circumstances which are the envy of the rest of the world's population. The only explanation for this attitude is described by the sin of coveting. Instead of being grateful for the immense blessings poured out on them, they seethe with jealousy over those who have just a little bit more. And yet, they bizarrely, actively champion those who have thousands of times more, defending their extravagant lifestyles, even if those people did nothing of substance to earn what they have. This includes the strenuous professions of acting, modeling, singing, or being simply raised in a family that had already millions and millions of dollars. As long as their ideology leans to the left, they are given a pass. The state of the world today is reflected in sports personalities who are uneducated, immoral, and who may despise the nation in which they have earned tens or even hundreds of millions of dollars. And yet, they speak out about the great injustices they face while at the same time belittling those police officers who daily risk their lives to defend the million-dollar homes of these crybabies. They call for violence against them and incite the uneducated masses into a frenzy in order to ease the pain they feel because they have received their incredibly wealthy status while having done nothing of value in the process of earning it. The state of the world today is reflected in a former president, a president of the United States of America, a man who was elected to the most powerful office in the world. Think of it, without having done anything of value to earn that position, and who has done everything in his power to subvert the very country that put him into the position in the first place. He, along with those in his administration, have treasonously conspired against his successor, who rightfully obtained that office through the same process that got him into office in the first place. He and those aligned with him have done everything in their power, both legally and illegally, to subvert the authority of the now sitting president. To this day, he continues to exercise his voice in undermining the current administration through meetings with foreign governments, and through inciting the left-wing masses into a frenzy as often as he can. He and those like him are worth tens of millions of dollars, and yet they argue over the fate of the poor while doing nothing substantive to relieve their plight. Instead of offering jobs and hope, they call out for the taxing of others who have spent their lives quietly working, earning their keep, and bringing no harm 
to anyone. And yet, while living out their average lives, it is those who are targeted to carry the burden of the shiftless who then willingly step forward any time a crisis arises, offering to assist in any way that they can to help those who have been overcome by disaster of whatever kind. When a nation, a president, and a party is disparaged by the supposed spiritual head of the Christian world for building a border wall to protect its citizens, to keep out those with malicious intent, or to stop the impossible-to-manage inflow of those whose eyes are filled with unhealthy desire, looking to sponge off the labors of those who have endeavored to make the land productive, it is no longer a call to piety and charity, but a call to see to an end, even for the self-destruction of that nation and its way of life. When a nation can no longer secure its borders, that nation is no longer truly a nation." It is an open target for the infiltration of the enemy. When nations such as those in the European Union welcomely invite in countless millions of people without any screening at all, and they provide exorbitant stipends for those people to sit and do nothing, while at the same time infringing on the rights and property of its own citizens in order to do so, there is no longer a reason for the citizens of those nations to want to excel or to be productive. In the end, such ideology is self-defeating, and it will lead to the complete ruin of those societies. In a world filled with countries where crime is no longer punished, criminals take the initiative and wreak havoc upon the general populace. In a world where citizens are no longer allowed to defend themselves, those citizens become the lambs in closed cages filled with wolves. In a world where citizens are actively punished for protecting themselves from harm, wickedness abounds, and the people live in fear. The contemptible state of the world today is seen in school systems, where teachers are fired from their jobs for proclaiming moral truths. To say that homosexuality is wrong is now considered an unpardonable offense. To say that human beings consist of only males and females a scientific fact, by the way, will bring about censure or removal from one's duties. In the world in which we live, such facts are of less value than the subjective feelings of these people. Encouragement to excel is considered damaging to those who cannot or will not excel. Those whose inner impulse is to overcome mediocrity are treated as miscreants. Those who disturb the order of a classroom cannot be punished, expelled, or even called out. Thus, it is the basest and most reprehensible offender who, by default, directs the affairs of the classroom. The state of the world is found in once Christian nations now allowing moral deviants to change their gender at will and who are allowed to transition their own children from one gender to another, even at the youngest of ages. And yet, Parents who will not comply with the gender decisions of their adolescents are investigated, lose the rights of parenting, and are even imprisoned for standing up to the confused thinking of a child who should be corrected instead of applauded. Nations throughout the world have now passed laws forbidding parents to even spank their children under pain of fine and or imprisonment, even if their own religious teachings Teachings which have maintained orderly society for thousands of years direct them to do so. Even words acknowledged by the Creator to have come from the wisest man who ever lived 
are ignored and spoken against by government bureaucrats and moral minuscules. Here is some sagacity from the book of Proverbs. Wisdom is found on the lips of him who has understanding, but a rod is for the back of him who is devoid of understanding. He who spares his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction will drive it far from him. What is the state of the world? We are living in a time where words no longer possess the value of meaning. When the leader of a nation debates what the meaning of is, is, there is a breakdown in the linguistically established rules of communication. It is one thing for a society to embrace neologisms, something which is healthy and expanding of the lexicon. And it is another thing to take the established meaning of words and to intentionally twist them for the purpose of furthering political and moral agendas. Fairness in taxes to those on the left means exactly the opposite of what the word fair means. The word tolerance no longer has any meaning at all because it is applied only to a certain group of people who simply cannot be tolerated. Throughout the world, all people must be tolerant according to an arbitrary standard set by the left. If one is intolerant, for example, of what is morally vile, they are castigated and maligned. Thus, there is no tolerance for their thinking, even if their thinking would at any other age in human history be considered right, reasonable, and rational. The word privilege is arbitrarily forced upon people whether they are privileged or not. The color of one's skin now identifies someone as bearing a special and unfavorable position within society, even if he was born with absolutely no privilege at all. In the past, blacks were the target of such assaults, but this nation has worked to overcome that. However, rather than working to overcome and move on, the opposite has now come to pass. Whiteness is castigated as racist, even if there is nothing racist in the white person. And more, the first half-black, half-Caucasian president of the United States has been granted far more privilege than 99% of the people of this nation. And yet he claims that because of his color, he is at a disadvantage to those who are half whiter than he is. But to the left, the assigning of his skin color as black is also an arbitrary standard. His mother being white assures that he can be called black. But a person who committed a mass murder in Oregon, the deadliest in the history of that state, whose father was white and whose mother was black, was insanely called a white radical by the left-leaning media to obscure the fact that he was just as half black and half Caucasian as the president who occupied the White House at that time. What is the state of the world today? It is a state which denies that blacks are killing at an almost unprecedented rate. Just this past weekend, there were 85 shot in Chicago, 24 fatally. Rates like this happen monthly, and they are added to in a great way with Baltimore and other liberal cities of the nation ignoring their situation and the liberal media failing to report on it. According to the National Review, quote, in 2018, where the homicide victim was black, the suspected killer also was 88% of the time. And this is not an exceptional situation. 
from 1976 until 2005, 94% of black victims were killed by other African Americans. But the only time that it matters to the left is when they can highlight it in order to harm political rivals or to undermine the fabric of the nation in which we live. But even more, because being right is wrong, marvelously talented and moral blacks are castigated by their own black brothers and sisters who are spurred on by the left to tear them apart. And indeed, the left itself, black or white, has no time for those blacks on the right. Clarence Thomas, Walter Blackman, Alan West, Thomas Sowell, Candace Owens, and on and on and on are marginalized, dismissed as lone voices, treated with contempt, and are largely hidden away by the left-leaning news media. To their own black community, they are called Uncle Toms. Their voices are silenced because their voices call out for morality, for truth, and for prosperity for all, regardless of skin color, a principal tenet of conservatism. Does anyone here, anyone here know who Italia Maria Kelly is? Not one head has shaked yes. Apparently not. It's just another unimportant name affixed to another unimportant person. Does anybody here know who George Floyd is? Sure you do. The name has been crammed into the head of every person on this planet daily for weeks now. We all know what happened and we can all wait to see what will be the outcome of the trial. Well, apparently not everybody can. Italia Maria Kelly was, was a 22-year-old black girl who was shot by a George Floyd protester. She, along with many others, both black and white, they don't matter. They don't fit an agenda. And they will go unremembered and unreported by the revolting people in the left-leaning media. Names don't matter, and words like Black Lives Matter actually don't matter at all. If words are an indication of the state of the world, then words indicate a tragic state. When the progressive agenda of a coming ice age failed in the 1970s, a new tact was taken. Acid rain. Timothy Leary's addiction, however, was not the focus of this event. When acid rain failed to pan out, the world was suddenly faced with a disappearing ozone layer. No sooner did that disappear into a normally functioning layer of ozone than the world was inundated with the scare of global warming. But then came the polar vortex. Extreme cold was credited to have occurred because of global warming. When that obviously failed to convince anyone except the standard non-thinker on the left, the ultimate catch-all of climate change was introduced. Now, no matter what weather the world faces, even if it has faced far worse of the same conditions in the recorded past, the all-encompassing phrase climate change explains why nobody can be right except those who proclaim that the events are climactically wrong. Adding in the word human, Human climate change isolates humanity as the problem. The highest form of God's material creation is to blame for the natural changes in a material world where human wickedness, a turning from God, is what has ultimately caused the state of the world in which we live. It is not the physical, but the moral actions of man which bring about and result in the events that are leading the world to its inevitable date 
with destruction and to distract from that. And because various leaders, the very few remaining sane leaders in this world, have stood against this type of nonsensical obfuscation of the facts, those on the left have now consistently and constantly added in the word distraction to their discussions. They set the agenda, one which is always contrary to that of those on the right, including our president. In their program, one supposed moral outrage after another is introduced against him. Russiagate, an inability to respond properly to COVID-19, a failed economy which is all his fault, and so on. But when he responds with an achievement that they cannot process, they simply call it a distraction. They fail to accurately report on it, and they get back to the unending stream of lies and attacks against him. From New York City to San Francisco and L.A., from St. Louis to Chicago and Minneapolis, cities are being led by people who literally hate the constitution of the nation that allowed them to fill the positions they hold. From New York to California and from Virginia to Michigan, governors who have literally no moral values at all promote the murder of the unborn right up until the moment of birth. Even the House of Representatives is led by people who would otherwise not be qualified to serve burgers at a fast food restaurant. And yet they are making political, legal, and financial decisions that affect every person in this nation. Treason, restriction or denial of constitutional rights, ignoring the rule of law, promoting violence against peace-loving citizens and the like, all of these are hallmarks of the left in this nation. The same attitude is seen by the left throughout the rest of the world as well. Because of their conduct, the statement made in Genesis 6, which brought about the destruction of the entire world, is again realized in them. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Science itself, that noble field described by Johannes Kepler as thinking God's thoughts after him no longer has any validity. When we are told that it is more important to allow protesters to march, even violently, while at the same time telling restaurants and churches that they cannot open because of COVID-19 and it may spread because of them, we prove that science has no true meaning to the purposes of society. Just this past week, the headline stated, quote, 1,200 public health experts advocate mass gatherings because white supremacy is a bigger threat than COVID-19. This is not scientific. It is political. And when science becomes political, it can no longer be termed science. When we can ignore the obvious fossil record, which undoubtedly supports the biblical narrative concerning creation, the flood, and so on, we prove that science has no true meaning to our human and moral foundations. In what state do we find the world today? Among those named Christians, there is confusion of theology, there is almost idol worship of religious leaders, there is the following of supposed religious specialists simply because they may present the loudest voice. Anyone with a YouTube channel, no matter how little of scripture he actually knows, can be considered a specialist. And indeed, almost everyone is a specialist in theology. Trust me on this. I'm a pastor. I know that personally. 
even when they may have never read through the Bible even once. Because of the rise of social media, people can hide behind keyboards and tear others apart without any compunction at all. Suppose Christians who have no understanding of the biblical disciplines dogmatically bark out and argue over minutia without applying any context or reason in their high-handed and even hateful arguments. Those who truly have a love and a respect for the Word of God are marginalized as Bible thumpers from both within and without the faith. Women are ordained to positions of leadership within the church, contrary to the clear and precise teaching of the Word of God. Doctrine is ignored, sensationalism is exalted, and tolerance for immorality abounds throughout almost all major denominations. In those where it hasn't spread widely, it is still found as a strong foothold as degenerates worm their way into seminaries and positions of denominational leadership. Acceptance of unbiblical doctrines, such as the unproven and scripturally contrary teaching of evolution, are highlighted as acceptable within the church. Thus, there arises a genuine conflict between the source of one's faith, meaning scripture, and the faith that is actually professed. And further, such adherents not only contradict the word of God— What they espouse entirely obliterates the meaning of core doctrines such as creation, original sin, inherited sin, the need for redemption, and so on. Without these, the need for a Redeemer no longer has any true meaning, and the significance of the cross of Jesus Christ is made wholly immaterial. In destroying these core doctrines, other obvious and important tenets of Scripture are reduced to complete insignificance. The truthfulness of God to his covenants no longer matters. When that occurs, the importance of the nation of Israel to the redemptive narrative no longer has any meaning. The prophecies which pointed to the coming Redeemer and the prophecies of the return of Israel to her land are both made pointless because the truthfulness of the word of God, which contains these prophecies, has been called into question. Supposed authorities of what scripture proclaims From the Pope and the Vatican to dual covenantalists lurking in pulpits around the world proclaim that those of Israel who live by the Torah can be saved apart from the full, final, and finished work of Jesus Christ, thus denying that he is the only way to salvation. In turn, their proclamations reduce the cross of Christ to a pointless gesture on the part of God, which was wholly unnecessary for restoration to him. The blood of Jesus Christ is trampled underfoot, and the souls of those Jews who are never evangelized by these religious heretics will find eternal condemnation instead of the path to glory, which came at the high cost of the death of their Lord. Countless other heresies are put forth by supposed Christians and Christian denominations who are either untrained in theology or who have been improperly trained in it. But because of the internet, there is now a worldwide portal into aberrant ideologies. The truth of scripture no longer is as important as is the individual who has the loudest voice or the most impressive website, regardless as to how he handles this precious and glorious gift, which has come down to us by the careful watchfulness and diligent protection of those who so cherished this marvelous book that we call the Word of God. 
The words of Paul to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3 speak of the entire church age, but the tone and force of the words has never been truer than at this point in church history. He says, but know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And from such people, Paul says, turn away. For of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women, loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. We now live in a world where Israel has been returned to the land, their land as promised by God in his word. Their unfaithfulness to the covenant in no way negates the faithfulness of God to it. He has spoken. The word said that Israel would be returned, even giving the exact timeline of its coming about. And yet, not only the world at large, but those in the church as well actively stand against Israel. In doing so, they stand against the God who established Israel, the God who has kept Israel, and the God who has kept his promise to reestablish and to restore Israel. We, as Christians, are not asked to support and stand with Israel because they are a good people, because they are a morally superior people, or because they possess righteousness as a people. None of these things are true. We, as Christians, are to support Israel because God has intervened in the affairs of mankind. He has worked within the stream of human existence, and he has fulfilled his word to this rebellious group of people and to all who hold his word as sacred by returning them to the land in which they now live. And he has even acknowledged what I so poorly stated only a moment ago concerning them as a people from Ezekiel 36. Therefore, say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, I do not do this for your sake, O house of Israel, but for my holy name's sake, which you have profaned among the nations wherever you went. And I will sanctify my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, which you have profaned in their midst. And the nations shall know that I am the Lord says the Lord God, when I am hallowed in you before their eyes. For I will take you from among the nations, gather you out of all countries, and bring you into your own land. The Lord has fulfilled his promise. He has returned his wayward son. And because the world hates him, they hate what he has done for and through them. What is the state of the world today? It is a state where the United Nations laughingly approves innumerable resolutions against Israel, one after another, year after year, which have no basis in reality at all. And that same depraved body of bureaucrats ignores the human rights abuses of nations that are so dreadful towards their own people that Hitler and Stalin would stand and blush at their conduct. After all of this bad news, in light of the state of things, which has just barely touched on how low the world and its people have actually sunk, we can, 
fortunately acknowledged that the state of conservatism and moral values is still strong in both religion and politics. There are numerous preachers and teachers of scripture who accept the Bible as it is, God's completed and complete revelation of himself to the people of the world. They accept it as such, teach it as such, and train up others to understand this just as well. The world is not yet devoid of those who properly handle this marvelous treasure, the Word of God. And the world still has many faithful politicians who are willing to step forward and lead communities and nations with a conservative political worldview. What those people need is twofold. The first is prayer, so that they will not only be conservative in their politics, but that they will come to a reasonable understanding and right application of the moral truths of God as he has revealed himself. The second thing they need is support from their constituencies, and in particular from those Christians who will be politically led by them. We at the Superior Word have no time for ultra-pious Christians who are unwilling to stand up and perform their biblical responsibilities towards the nations and communities in which they may live. Just as the Bible says, if anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. If you are not willing to participate in the world in which God has placed you, you will not be effective in your person, in your faith, or in your community. Instead, just like the Chaz protesters in Seattle Autonomous Zone, you are an unnecessary dead weight to yourself and to those around you. And so, as we prepare to close, you are encouraged today to spend more time in the Word of God, getting to know proper doctrine, reason, wisdom, and also your Creator through those things. And you are encouraged to get up out of your seat and vote register to vote, and then go perform your social responsibility by voting for those who will, whether you vote or not, have control over you. And so you should vote for those who will fight against the unholy and immoral tenets which we have discussed today. If you do not, then your vote by default will go to those same unholy people. It is you who must stand before the Lord and give an account of your life. If you cannot stand against evil, then you are standing with evil. It is time for you to act. Vote this election, vote conservative, and let us continue to stem this unholy tide which is sweeping our communities, our nations, and indeed the entire world. Let us do our part until the Lord takes us home to be with him. What is the state of the world today? It is busting at its seams, and it is ready to be shaken at the command of the Lord. His coming for his people is near, and his time of judging the nations must certainly be at hand. But for those who know him, for those who have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, all that is going on now is simply a necessary step on our way to glory. Even so, come Lord Jesus. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the time is short. It's so simple. You have sinned. He is perfect. He gave up his perfect life in exchange for your sin. Call on Jesus. Be reconciled to God through him, and you will be granted eternal life. Life eternal. Oh, Lord, 
I didn't drink, yet you wanted to quench my thirst. Oh, Lord, I didn't follow. I went astray and up the hill. I went so many ways. I wandered in the maze. I couldn't find my way, so I called upon your name. And my good shepherd appeared the moment that I prayed. He left all his sheep to come to my aid. It took so many steps to run away from my Lord, but only one small step brought me back to his love. That was written by my friend Isabella Bednara. If you're abiding in the love of God because of Jesus Christ, act like it. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is The Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week. <laughs>